I am from beyond. Listen, and all you desire will be yours. Welcome to Spider-Man and the Secret Wars. Prepare for battle. in a clone wars. Welcome to Prattle World. I'm your host, the ever-amazing, ever-spectacular Spider-Dan. And in this podcast, I spotlight entertainment's best-kept secrets that a mainstream audience may find boring. And welcome to another edition of Clone Wars, where two similar movies clash to be crowned champion. Two films go in, but only one comes out. And we are back for the third part of Western Month. And I've invited the batshit crazy bandito, Andrew Knowles, back to talk to films that have influenced Quentin Tarantino's two massive westerns, Django Unchained and The Hateful Eight. And we're going to look at these classic spaghetti westerns and honour the memory of Sergio Corbucci and Ennio Morricone to a lesser extent in this very podcast. Welcome back, Andrew Knowles. Hello, <laughs> you son of a gun, you. you son of a gun. Pull up to the saloon. Strap on your spurs, because we're in for a couple of doozies. You're in for a bumpy ride, son. You totally are. Welcome back, and this is the first podcast I have when I have a live person in the room. I've really, really missed this. It's been a weird couple of months, hasn't it? Yes, it has. It's been a weird couple of months. And it's weird now everything's going back to normal as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, mean, you work at a pub, and that's weird. Uh, I'm still working from home. It's still weird. Yeah, it's all very, very weird. But at least we're we're moving in a positive light. In a we're, yeah. we're going we're moving forward in you know in the right direction. Well, it's it's positive the fact that you're sat in my office. Come Absolutely, man cave come studio of nightmares. The so, yeah. the uh, this is angry Andy Knowles reviews HQ. I it mean. is. It's I just mean. littered with Star Wars toys and. <laughs> Uh, the old Marvel a lot of, toy. A lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of Infinity Gauntlets, Dragons, Gears of War, yeah. Uncharted, Transformers. On one wall, and you turn around, there's literally just Vader staring at you from one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes, so, yeah. this is this is the HQ. So make sure that you check out Andy's Angry Reviews on YouTube. Fantastic YouTube channel. Uh, one of my favourites. Um, I think oh, your latest you. review was De Five Bloods. It was, yeah, yeah, really um, good war movie. Oh, I'd love yeah. a good, I love a good Vietnam movie, yeah. and really I, have to, I have to say, I'm, I'm super pumped for that one. So yeah. I'm, I'm definitely have to give watch that, that one a watch. Yeah, Absolutely. don't watch Artemis Fowl. And <laughs> let's not talk about that. But again, I did a review on that, and it's awful. more like Artemis Fowl. Ah, yeah. Uh, He's a man of words. (laughs) Me and my words. You're a man of words, boy. (laughs) You come in with your words. Come into my establishment. Well, I mean, we are moving forward in a positive light in the real world, but these films do the opposite in some ways. In some ways. Um, So we're going to talk Django. Yes. The original 1966 version, directed by Sergio Corbucci, and 
the 1968 The Great Silence, also directed yes. by Sergio Corbucci. Was the last Clone Balls we did, was that Robo Geisha and Machine Girl? Yeah, it was, yeah. And that was by the same director, wasn't it? It was, it was. So, yeah. We... Can't, can't remember his name for the life no, of No, I can't either. <laughs> remember the films? Can't yes, remember the... Yeah. Absolutely remember those films. Yeah, check, check that podcast out. Yeah. That, is a, that is a mad one. But the, these films are supposedly or named as part of the Modern Blood trilogy. That's right. By Corbucci and the final film, which we we both only discovered, yeah. wasn't it? Was it what's it called? It's called the, the, the specialists. specialists. Yes. And that was released in sixty nine. Right. So we'll we, have to watch that. We're gonna have to finish off this trilogy, the Modern yes, Blood are. trilogy. Um so I'm gonna bring up the reasons for comparison before we get started. So excellent. So I've chosen these two because they are both considered spaghetti western cult classics. And so they're not as as heralded as the Sergio Sergio Leone films that you'll know the good, the bad, the ugly, fistful of dollars. Yeah. And so on, Fistful of Dynamite, all those yep. great films, which are very, very good. They're both directed by Sergio Corbucci, both part of the Mud and Blood trilogy, as we just mentioned. Both are named after the lead character. Yes, they are. Yes, and they, are. they were both made within two years of each other, which is usually one of the one of the things I have. You know, like yeah, you know, we have with the the kind of twin films phenomenon, don't mm. we? We have a lot of Armageddon, them. Deep Impact, exactly. Independence Day, Mars Attacks, even though they're completely different films, but yeah, yeah but you can still came still, at the same time. There is still room for comparison absolutely and also these films were both so violent considered so violent at the time that they were not released in the UK until the 1990s decades that's like nearly 35 years yeah and and then they were like why did we ban this like there's a lot worse stuff out there now at the time both of them in Italy were considered the most violent films ever released Mm. And people didn't know how to react to them. But obviously, like you said, they became cult classics. Exactly. Like Obviously, there would have been bootlegs in America, boot, oh, definitely. bootlegs in England. You know, these films will have been seen. Tarantino said it himself, didn't he? He found copies of them and watched them. And I'm pretty sure my, my nan had <laughs> somehow had a VHS of The Great Silence. I'm pretty convinced because I think that's how I watched is it. Your, is your nan a, is your nana pirate? Well, no, I don't know. But <laughs> she must have got it from somewhere because she's a big fan of Western movies and the Western thing, you know, wow. the, the the American Indians, uh, you know, all, all of that stuff and how it's changed, you know, now they're called Native Americans and things like that. Yeah. She's a big, she's a history teacher. Of course, so she was yeah. a big fan of like how perceptions have changed, you know, from the old, oh, the cowboys were great. Yeah. And then how it's, you know, it's evolved over time. So I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty positive she had this film. Okay, but I don't know where she got it from. And I need to ask her because that's kind of like, <laughs> it's burning on me. I'm like, nah, and how did burning you get the great silence when nobody's been allowed to see it <laughs> up until 2002? I will I will say this, like, this, this was a hard film to find even now, yeah. like, given, yeah. you know, the, I mean, the access you, you we couldn't, have. You couldn't, have bit, you couldn't have picked two harder films to bloody find. I mean, I thankfully, one of them was on Amazon. But The Great yes. Silence, God almighty. Yeah, good luck, good luck finding that, guys. I, I picked a hard one. I didn't realise it was this hard to yeah. find. I thought there was a DVD release. But I think you can probably find some like uh, multi-region DVDs or like yeah, um, yeah. I mean, region three or four, um, possibly yeah. um, outside outside the UK. Yeah. Um, there's no official there's no modern official blood release. trilogy release yet, which is unfortunate because I really wanted to pick that up. I imagine probably somebody will get get a hold of that. Someone like Arrow Video or yeah, one hundred and eight films or one hundred and one yeah, films. I think Arrow have like a I think it's Arrow or it might be another one that has like a western release thing they started releasing western classics like remasters yeah, of like I think so. 
Magnificent Seven and all that a few that, years that would ago. Make, so. That would make sense. They do, I know they do a slashers classic mm-hmm. with loads of slasher films. Yeah. So I mean, the, the glory of Blue, uh, Blu-ray and 4K, and I, I think I saw in my research for The Great Silence is that there is a 4K remaster hmm. coming for The Great Silence, but whether that's going to be North America or whatever alone, I'm not entirely sure. I think let's get started. Let's Absolutely. get cracking. Let's talk about this. Well, I, well, actually, just before we get on, like, oh, you're 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 a big fan of westerns. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. say I wouldn't say I'm um, a scholar of westerns. No. I have a very select few western films that I absolutely adore mm. that I can rewatch over and over again. But it, for me, westerns as a genre is extremely significant because of what comes after it. So we're sat in a room surrounded by Star Wars stuff, True. and Star Wars is a Western. And without mm. these Western classics, you would not have Star Wars. You True. would not have so many other genres of movies. Mm. You could even look at Blade Runner and go, "There's hints of Western in there," you know, yeah. things yeah. like that. You know, lone gun, lone gunslinger, exactly. Yeah. So Westerns, they, you know, the, the genre itself was in cinema for decades. It ruled the silver screen for decades, and. You know, whatever you think about westerns, you can't just you know not you can't, acknowledge you can't, the brilliance. Yeah, exactly. Of them. You can't bypass yeah. westerns without you know including all of cinema. Yeah, like they're on. There was hundreds made, hundreds and hundreds, and TV shows as well. And they went yeah. on for decades, years and years and yeah. years. And the influence that they had, you know, even Star Wars. Yeah, it's part western. It's yeah. part samurai movie. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's part King yeah. Arthur epic. Yeah. You know, it's all of those things, and again, like even even the Mandalorian is pure Western. Oh yeah, the Mandalor- Mandalorian is is just a Western in every sense of the word. It just has a Star Wars coating on it. Yeah, you know, it's just painted in Star Vinia. Wars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Western, the Western genre. You know, I don't, I don't like all westerns. You know, no, no, I, I don't. I'm not particularly fan of John Wayne's movies, to be fair, but. It's just what they what they've done for cinema in a mm. in a very broad stroke. Even like even going as you know, uh, James Mangold Logan, like Wolverine film. Well, yeah, yeah. The, the influence, the Western influences in that absolutely the lone gunman fighting for people that can't protect themselves, mm. and that's essentially what the film is. And then the hero dies on his sword, you know, mm. almost quite literally. Yeah, that is the epitome of a Western. You know, the hero puts everything on the line and sometimes the heroes ride off into the sunset. Sometimes they they, don't. they, they pay the ultimate price, which, yeah. you know, the sacrifice, as it were. And I, I think uh, I think you're absolutely right. I think without Westerns, and that's kind of why I wanted to do a Western month. And the fans, yeah, yeah. And the fans voted, you know, all the Spider fans or uh, all the listeners, they they voted for this month specifically. Yeah, I think I voted for it as well. I saw you put it up, I was like, do a Western. Do a Western, we've got to do a Western. For God's sake, Dan, don't worry, you're here. You're here. <laughs> for it um so let's look that firstly um I'm, I'm with you i i don't really like the kind of classic westerns probably except for the high- clean westerns yes yeah. so it's the, like when it's, when yeah. it's like oh the, the, the cowboy rides into town yeah, and white fights hats off the, black uh, hats yeah yeah I, I i was not a fan of that however i do like high noon the original yes. high noon is is good? Well, yeah, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I mean, there are there are there are a number of like, like films in there. Like yeah, I said, I don't, I don't really like John Wayne's film. Yeah. I mean, uh, to a certain extent, I do appreciate True Grit. I'm not mm. a big fan of it. Yeah, you know, there's a few moments of it where I'm a bit like, eh. yeah. But you know, they're not all bad. There's a couple of John Wayne movies where he is actually a yeah. bad guy in them, and mm. they actually work a lot better than the clean ones. But for me, it's the yeah. it's where the hero rides in, kills all the bad guys, rides off with the woman, and happy days. I, I like a yeah. bit of mystery. I like character depth. Mm. 
I like blurring of the lines, and that's what both the, these films are about to talk about do. Absolutely. A lot like High Plains Drift I was discussing last week, um, there is a moral ambiguity. There is yeah. a moral grayness. That's key for me with Western, yeah. because everybody is out for something in the West. You know, That's what we get now. That's what we look back on. The West wasn't a beautiful thing. People were out. You know, for their own personal gain. Yeah, okay, there were people that went out, you know, to get, you know, start a new life and whatever, but it was brutal. It was hard. You know, people died en masse. You've got to remember the Native Americans were still out there. They were fighting for their land, for their rights. You know, it was a war zone. It was a very literal war zone. I like to see that. I like to see the moral ambiguity, like you said. I like to see, you know, the depth of the environment as much as the characters. I want to see the struggle. That's what works well for a Western for me. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I spoke a lot about revisionist Westerns in in the last podcast. Which is what these are. Exactly. Both these films are revisionist revisionist Westerns. So, yeah, let's get started. We've delayed it long enough. Yes, we have. Let's talk. But it's all necessary. It is necessary. We need a bit of context. <laughs> Pardon me, but we need a bit of context to kind of... And what purely, we're because, about. purely because the genre is that broad. Yes, That's, absolutely. Yeah. That you can tell. And I think it's it's much like it's much like a kind of a Shakespeare play. There's many ways you can approach it. There's many ways you can play with that kind yeah. of genre. It's probably the most fluid genre absolutely. other than science fiction. I think there's a lot of places you can go with a Western where, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of conventional stories you couldn't. And I think these these films absolutely kind of typify that. Two uh, films by the same man, but have totally different aesthetic, you know, look, feel, message. Yeah. They're totally different. And that's kind of, that is due to the talent of Sergio Corbucci. Yeah, and there's um, only two years in between. Yeah. It's madness, really, that and he was, everything he, changes. And he was shooting out Western. Westerns are, were the cheap, easy, quick to make. Yeah. And, you know, they were back-to-back. And when we say spaghetti westerns, this is... If you don't know what that is, it's basically Italy's version of the American western. Their take on the American Wild West. Yeah. Um, So it was all filmed in Italy, dubbed in Italy. Most of the stars were Italian. Yeah, because it was the the environment. The environment matches a lot of places in the west, like Utah and Arizona. Mm. The grounds in in and amongst like the you know the hills of Italy, it just it looks yeah. like it's been lifted on. straight out of North Spot America. On. So that's why I did it because and, and it was cheaper to film as well. Absolutely. But like you were saying about they were just hashing out Western movies left, right, and center. A lot of Western movies were sharing the same environment, the same set, costumes, so the dubbing characters because they were filming so quickly and getting them out literally mm. within a couple of weeks. Mm. They had to do the dubbing after purely because another film had rolled in, so they mm. couldn't do a cut. Oh, we'll refilm that. They couldn't do it in a lot of cases. Yeah, they do. They do similar things with a, with a lot of the like Dario Argento movies. They'd yes, be, yeah, they'd yeah. be like building a set in the next room. Yeah, while they were filming like these really intimate scenes. Yeah, so your audio is just bugging immediately. <laughs> it's rubbish, and purely because. They were just doing it on the fly, you know. Mm. You'd, you'd get audio in the background of people, you know, shouting and whatever. Oh, so yeah. they literally just, yeah, just some, it's, it's some incre- Italian guys swearing in the background. Yeah, yeah, which you don't all want. of it. It's, it's incredible, really. I wish it, there was like more sort of like, you know, the making of things like lost footage because yeah. there is a lot of lost footage out there, and some mm. of it has been, you know, recaptured and brought back, and mm. really is an eye opener when you get that kind of stuff, but. It really would intrigue me. If I mean, like, it's, it's a hey! whole. It's a whole. I mean, even even we're talking like fifty years ago now, but that even back then it was a totally different world. The idea of filmmaking, the way you made films, was totally yeah, yeah. different, completely and bizarre. Kind of like we'd look back on it now, like. 
I, I always thought it was quite amazing that with um, Into the Spider-Verse, mm. they, they decided they wanted to animate Peter Porker, the spider pig, in um, hand-drawn animation. Yeah, which is brilliant. They've forgotten how to do it. Yeah. Nobody, nobody knew how to do it anymore. Like Just that's a dead madness. that's a dead art form. In, so li- to, in literally what? Well, you got twenty think, years, well, yeah, 10, well, 20 yeah, years. You got like Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin. Yeah. They were hand drawn. Yeah. So in less than twenty years, the art of hand drawn animation has died, and nobody knows how to do it anymore. Madness. So they have to relearn madness. how to do that. That's that's crazy to me, and it's the same with these yeah. sort of films. Anyway, yes, Django. <laughs> yeah, Django. Yeah, because we were going to start and then carry on. We did, so, we yeah. did. We, we love, we love a good, we love a good, uh, we love a good tangent here. Yes, we do. The Spider Man. We, we do, we do, we do love a good. It's tangent. usually my fault. As no, well. it isn't. No, it's, it's me too. <laughs> I, I allow you to do this. So, um, Andy, give me roughly as as as, he, as best you can <sighs> the the plot of Django. Ah, uh, well, it's it's obviously it's the it's the. It's the same classic sort of like Drifter comes into the situation and he, he comes across a woman being brutalised by mm. what is looks like a Mexican gang. Yeah, kind of and like bandits. Yeah, yeah. the banditos, the banditos. classic banditos. Yeah. And he saves her, obviously, and then gets yeah. drawn into, you know, a big sort of gang war, if you like, between two yeah. factions. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so one the other faction is led by an ex- general, ex-Confederate yeah. general. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Which is ja- brilliant. Yeah, great stuff. I've, I'm going to go into the kind of the their outfits and the red bandanas <laughs> and everything later. Don't you worry. But uh, but Django is clearly he's wearing a union. Yes, he is. Yes, he's wearing so kind got... of a a mourning outfit, yeah, like yeah. in mourning. But he's also wearing the trousers of like a, un- a union yeah. soldier. Yeah, so you clearly got the distinction there between the two characters. Well, all all three. Mm. If you want to say characters, so you got the the Confederate army, yeah. and then you've got the Mexican. Uh, general, yeah. They're essentially they're just three different characters, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, essentially. But what's what's brilliant about the entrance of Django is that he's. He's coming over this hill, and it's like it's quite a, a long opening, isn't it? A long opening shot, and he's just dragging a coffin with him, and it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Doesn't really make any sense at the start. You're like, who is this man? Yeah. What is he doing? Who's in the coffin? Yeah. What is the coffin? Is he an undertaker? Exactly. Yeah. What the hell is this? But yeah, he just gets dragged into this conflict. But obviously, he's got his own motivations as well, which mm. you know underpins the entire film. I, I also like that at the start, these, these Mexican bandits are attacking this woman. They're they're kind of stringing her up. Are they are they whipping her? I think they're whipping. Yeah, they string her yeah. up and then they whip her quite and, brutally as yeah. well. It and you like, spares no expense in showing you the markings <laughs> that she gets, which oh, is yeah. like immediately sets the tone of the Straight film. Away. You're like, wow, this is this Cracking. is a violent film. Um, I quite like that Django's just stood there for a while. Yeah. Like again, this is the moral ambiguity we're talking about. Is that he stands there and has smokes a cigar while he watches. Yeah, yeah. He watches all this go on, and then all these gunshots go off. Bam, 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 bam. Really quick gunshots. All the banditos are down. Yeah. And you're like, oh, Django shot them. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's this Absolutely other group of, not. It's this other group of soldiers and they rock up, and you're like, oh, that's cool. There's some like army guys or something nearby, yeah. so they've saved her. Absolutely not. They start bloody <laughs> torturing her as well. And, <laughs> and, and Django's like, still watching. Yeah, it's just like a conveyor belt of misery for this woman, isn't it? It's just <laughs> it's completely... And he's just stood there the entire time watching everything mm. unfold. I can see why immediately it was shocking because it's like, yeah. why is he not doing anything? Why yeah. is this man on he's the hill the hero. not doing anything? He's Django. He's supposed to be the hero. Exactly. And, I mean, and even in that time, you know, immediately you, you just see him and think, oh, he must be the hero because yeah. the camera's focused on him the entire time. But, uh, okay. Yeah. 
Like, like it's it's that's it. It's is where do your hero where do the heroes end? Where do the villains begin? Yeah, that's the kind of the the moral again moral ambiguity yeah, of, which is of before, the West is a big thing for me with Western movies. Mm. I like to have that sort of that blurring between like you're not sure who you should be rooting for. You know. <laughs> Django does eventually save her. He does. Uh, he shoots the he shoots the Confederate soldiers or brilliantly as well. I think I think some of them I think some of the kind of things I read online, they call this group the Ku Klux Klan. But I don't think they actively no. name themselves no, or they don't. say they, don't. they are the Ku Klux Klan. I, I read that as well. Yeah. I read that as well, but I was I wasn't really convinced no, by that because yeah, they wear red bandanas, like face mm. full full head covering, but there's nothing to suggest in the film that that is the case. Yeah. I mean, they are that. They, I think they're just bandits themselves. Yes. Yeah, there's, they're a kind of a, a criminal group. Yeah, I think uh, it is literally just to simply say yeah. that's one group. Yeah, they wear the red bandana. Yeah. The These other group is the Mexican gang, yeah. the Mexican banditos, and they dress this way. Yeah, this exactly. is how this is how we differentiate yeah. the villains. I think it is just very simply that because there is no, there's nothing in the film. There's no, there's no, there's no moment of racism. Other than, really, other, than, yeah. other than interaction between yeah. the two groups, between the, the, the Mexican banditos. I mean, they don't like they don't like each other. Yeah, but I don't but, know if it doesn't de- devolve into like slurs or no, anything like no. that. They're like it's just, literally just it's just we don't yeah, like you. You're the other gang, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So I don't I don't buy into that. I don't I no. don't think that's the case. But you know, it's interpretation. Yeah. Because I mean, because I mean, the film literally doesn't really give you too much. No, really in that regard, it's pretty, it's pretty bare bones. The yeah. film, it's pretty straightforward, bare bones. Um, it did kind of remind me of like uh, in Batman they have the the Red Hood gang. Um, yeah. So it kind of reminded me of that because they're all wearing the red hoods um, a little bit. Um, but there's a fun fact as well about the film that apparently the red bandanas were were the idea behind them was to cover their faces because um, all these other westerns were being filmed and all the attractive looking extras yeah. were taken. So these guys were the more unattractive extras. You know what? I buy that. <laughs> and I buy that purely because it's going to be clear that the extras who were wearing the bandanas were the extras for the Mexican cartel for the other gang, gang as yeah, well. exactly. And some of them gentlemen. Mm. Weren't exactly the most attractive. So you got the. No. It's almost a bit homely of a stereotype. Looking. A bit isn't homely it? looking. Yeah. yeah. A stereotype sort of like Mexican bandito character. Yeah. So yeah, I can buy that. Completely uh, buy that. And apparently they weren't they weren't very menacing either, apparently. So yeah. that might be why the. Because the Mexicans are. Mm. They're caked in makeup. There's a lot of makeup yeah, yeah, on, there on is them. A so, ton so much. of time. Yeah. It's really like, obvious in this like film as well. Just layers and layers of makeup. Um, to make them. Because obviously they're probably Italian. Stars, yeah. aren't they? So obviously yeah, they've course, done yeah. like, some kind of like mechanics to make them yeah. look more menacing. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, probably give. It, I think they give them like scars and stuff, and a few other yeah, things yeah, as yeah. well. I think we see. But yeah, so we got we got Django. Kind of after that, rides into town, uh, and this town is just awful. It's like a ghost town. It's it's either the best or the worst town in the world because yeah. the only thing there is a brothel. <laughs> yeah, you don't see, you don't, you don't, I mean, it's, it's brilliant, it's typical, sort of like, this is my first film that I'm directing, well, yeah. it, it wasn't, but it's like, it's that it's kind low of thing, budget, it's like, very, very low, low budget, it's like, I've got these buildings on this back lot, mm. but I've only got enough cast to operate this brothel, so yeah. I'm going to make it look like the town's been deserted, but the brothel's still going, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
these two gangs, and that's and that's where the female character she's kind of she was with one gang or she was associated with one gang, and then she betrayed yeah. them yeah. With, with another gang, and that's why the, both the gangs don't kind of. Yeah, that's why they were both going to destroy her, and that's why Janga rescues her. Blah blah blah. And this this town, I, I can get what I wasn't sure why it was called the Mud or Blood trilogy until I started watching this, and I went, yeah. "Oh yeah," because this town is just mud. That's yeah. all this town is. Well, it's that's, mud. That's a, that's a, a shrewd thing from the director because mm. a lot of the westerns were like, "Oh, dry. It's all dry. dry. It's all dry." Yeah. Sand. At, even if you look at Back to the Future Part Three, yeah, it's dry. The set mm. is dry, but you got to think. Horses are going through that place yeah. every moment. They're they're shitting, you know. There's people probably pissing in the streets and yeah. like that. There's, there's there's no there's no irrigation if you yeah. like as well. No, there's no, no, there's no, no no plumbing, so it would make sense that the place would be muddy. Mm. If you look at Deadwood, for example, the, the TV show Deadwood that paints it perfectly yeah. as well. The streets are always muddy. You know, there's always churning. You've got the carriages going through, horses yeah. going through. So stuff is being churned at every point. So I think it's a very shrewd sort of like, no, this is a realistic interpretation. Yeah. There is mud hmm. and there and is again, blood. And again, it's different. Yeah. It's it's something we haven't seen. Yeah, because it's messy. Hmm. Immediately, immediately it sets a tone as well. You go, okay, this isn't this is not your standard affair. Hmm. This is your standard because, Western. Yeah, this is your granddad's Western. Something so simple makes the difference. Yeah. I have to t- <laughs> have to talk about the um This is what I think you're gonna say. The 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 the, the coffin. We've got to talk about oh, it. Jesus the coffin Christ. is is one of the more iconic elements, and the yeah. design of Django and the way he looks is very iconic. You know, he's he's the hero, but he's you know the hero, quote unquote, hero of the film. Mm. But he's dressed totally in black. You know, classically in westerns, the black the people wear black, the, yeah. wear the black hats are the villains. Yeah, the man um, in black situation. So yeah, exactly. So and he's walking into town. Uh, he's killed these guys. He's he's the general comes. And he's like, I need to kill this general because of reasons. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. then, and then he <laughs> ki- that. Kill, kills all the other guys. And it's a great little shootout because he's like shooting behind his head. Yeah. And, and, and really quick, uh, quick draw kind of Western. And then he's bringing all the whole army. He's bringing yeah. all, the, all the red hooded army. He's bringing it down. And he's just behind this log, this little tree. Yeah, this really tiny log <laughs> that holds no positional advantage whatsoever. And you're just like... What the hell are you going to do here? Yeah. Why are you here? Yeah, he's, he's why are you not up in the top of a building or something? Exactly, do something like have some sort of advantage. Getting yeah. like you know, you're right in a kind of a kill box situation, yeah. kind of there. But the setup is brilliant. <laughs> setup is brilliant because you, you're thinking all that and you go, "What the hell is he doing?" Yeah. You see all of the, you see like 40, 50 men, yeah, easily riding towards all him. the extras they could afford. Everybody is coming towards them, full pelt, and you're like, "What is he going to do?" What could he? How could he possibly manage this? He's behind this stupid little, the stupid little tree branch thing. What could he do? He's not even sat comfortably behind the tree. He's kind of like a little slouched, going, "Well, I'm yeah. going to die, so I may as well enjoy it." And he's not well hid either. It's no. it's, it's like his head's like <laughs> yeah. poking out. He's literally looking over the top of it. He sees them all coming and goes, "Oh well, I'll just duck a little bit." Yeah. But uh, then they're all like they're all pointing at him from a distance, going, yeah. "He's there! He's there!" And then, again, they're coming on mass. They want to get really close. And then all of a sudden, Jesus coffin Christ. opens and. He's got this huge Gatling gun that you've never seen. Yeah. And just mows everybody down. I mean, literally, it's like the best scene in the entire film. <laughs> Absolutely. But as I say that, there's another one later on that we'll talk about, which yeah, is true. really, really funny, which yeah. we've talked about before. But my God, considering that I didn't really know what to expect, I was uh, the whole mystery was like, what the hell is in this car? He's still oh, dragging it out when he gets behind this log. Yeah, he's exactly. dragging it out, and you're like, 
Christ, he can't be that important. Oh, but it bloody well is. Yeah. And it's absolutely brilliant. He just <laughs> lifts it up and places it on the log and... <laughs> and everyone, literally everybody, all the extras get mowed immediately. Yeah. There's no, there's no, there's no niceties. They're no. all gone. They're all gone. That's it. That's and it. it's fantastic. <laughs> absolutely fantastic. And again, a, a, another very iconic image is him with the, the chain gun yeah. or the Gatling gun. And yeah, just fantastic scene it's just totally out of nowhere totally unpredictable yeah. and it looks ridiculous as well because it is is it's clearly designed to look like um sort of like i don't know like because it's not even like the yeah. gatling cannon they had at the time no. it's it's clearly it's kind of like parts it's a, it's from a an cylinder energy, yeah but with like holes in the end yeah it doesn't make any like sense at all holes. because it doesn't it doesn't spin and it's the bullet the bullets are on like a chain yeah so like, they, they feed in like they would do for a what you'd imagine like a german yeah. heavy machine gun from world war Two. so yeah. they, they feed in through that way yeah they come out of all these different holes so yeah it's, it's it's utterly ridiculous but because of how brilliant the scene is you go oh, oh well okay i'll buy it i'll yeah. buy it i'll, I'll forgive I'll that i'll buy it i bought it i did buy it <laughs> i did buy it i paid I a dollar um but yeah, the the the, the general gets away, uh, yeah. and, it, and we re- it's revealed that he actually killed Django's uh, love interest um, yes. in the film, and that's what the song is all about. Django yeah. lost his love, or however it goes, which is a ridiculous song in itself. Yeah, well, Tarantino, for, for, Tarantino kept it for his. He did, yeah. It was remake, which isn't a remake. No, it's sorry, it's more. It's a its own story, isn't reimagining. it? Reimagining. Yeah. Um, it's a ridiculous song for a ridiculous western, yeah. but it fits. It, it does. Fits, it really fits. Weirdly. Really, um, really fits. But um, I, I, I quite enjoyed it. Like it's, it's pretty by the numbers as a west, as, as a western as I conceive of them. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd agree because it does follow a very simple trajectory. It gets a bit convoluted in the middle when he decides to join somebody to do a bank robbery. Yeah, or so, to do so a mass robbery, and then it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, so he's killed off the Red Hood gang, we'll call them, and the bandits come, and it turns out he was in prison with one of the, yeah, the leader yeah. of the bandits. You know, let's let's go rob this place. Yeah, but again, it's it's part of his plan, isn't it, to try yeah. and you know set them all up, and it, exactly. it 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 does work, but it is it's, it feels a bit out of place. It's like, ah, mm. oh, I feel like the massacre should have happened maybe towards the end of the film, or well, yeah. I, I don't really know because it's it's difficult to judge. Yeah, I I, I think goes. there's basically there's like it becomes this heist for gold with the with the Mexican bandits teaming up with Django. Um, I felt that should have been at the start. Yeah. Because then we come back to the general who survived the Gatling gun bit because he said, I want to keep him alive for reasons. Yeah. He's like, he's like, he can be, be useful. But he's not useful. It, it never becomes useful. No, it doesn't make any sense, really. Yeah. It's kind of like they just forgot what they were doing at some point with the script mm. or whatever. But who, yeah. knows? who knows? Who knows what they thought um but, but yeah it's, it's the bit it's the bit that i we talked about it, that we, we both love after the after the robbery's taken place and um Django's, i don't know what he's doing i don't know what he's doing but yeah. then he he takes the coffin outside doesn't he he says he wants to leave because he wants yeah, to take yeah. his cut and they say no no we're just going to leave it there yeah yeah pause it in this like abandoned barn house or something yeah uh Django then gets a prostitute to strip off yeah, and he says, just keep doing that yeah. while I disappear. And don't worry about it, just, you just keep going. You just, just keep doing keep it. Slowly taking your clothes off, and you've got these leering Mexican guys, like, yeah. <laughs> the banditas, like, oh, she's pretty. Again, it's a horrible stereotype yeah, what they're doing. Absolutely, which is, absolutely you know, st- horrible stereotype. But Django then sneaks in, all the while he's carrying his coffin. <laughs> yeah. 
There's yeah. no mystery in what's yeah. inside the coffin anymore. It can just yeah, we know. You can just carry the the, the, the Gatling cannon. Yeah, I'd never thought of that. He could just, just carry, carry the, the Gatling cannon, but just, he decides to carry this big hulking coffin. Yeah, I mean to be fair, it does it does play out why he takes yeah, the coffin with yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, true. But still, you're like, why? At the yeah. time, you're like, "Why are you carrying the coffin?" Really you know, we, everybody knows. Don't worry, it, is. It, it gets it gets weirder than that. Like yeah. that that is is weird. He, point number one: he carries it outside the brothel, across mm. the rooftops, as slowly and as quietly as possible. It's about a ten minute scene where he's just slowly dragging yeah, his coffin, and he's like, he's checking if anyone can hear him, yeah. and all this sort of stuff. And this this pro- poor <laughs> prostitute is still taking clothes off horrifically yeah. slowly. Yeah. Climbs down a chimney with the coffin, lowers the coffin down, yeah. climbs down. Then he gets, he finds the gold, takes the Gatling gun out, sets the Gatling gun up, t- gets a bit of rope, ties it to a, a, a stick, a stick of dynamite. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's he's put the gold in the coffin. Yeah. He then lights the dynamite, which is attached to to the Gatling gun. Yeah. Which then blows a hole in the wall, so he can get out. So yeah. he can get out. Sets off the Gatling gun and then it starts shooting the door. All the banditos are made aware of this by the oh, noise. God. Run up as as the door is turning to splinters. They run into the door and get shot. Then several other people run at them, <laughs> going, "What's happening?" Also get shot while this door is becoming splinters. Oh, and that God. happens for like I don't know how many men get killed. I think by I just run into the I same think, door. I was trying to count. I think I got to about 15, 16. 15. Yeah. And they all just literally run sequen- in a line as well. So they all get ki- they all get mowed down in a line, conveniently enough, as they're heading towards the door before somebody goes, oh, what is he doing? Yeah. Let's young- walk around the bullets. Um, but it's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's so ridiculous. It would have made more sense if it was on a timer. Yeah. And he purposely blows the wall out. So when they're coming, yeah. then, and then, and it, then goes it goes off after yeah. So off. he sets them up, but it's the fact that the gun's going off first, and they all go, oh, what's that noise? Bloody and ridiculous. quite literally walk into the line of fire <laughs> through the door. You're like, what are you doing? This... But it's just a marker of the film. Yeah. It's that ridiculous, but it, it works. It's really, really funny. You can kind of see the flavour in a lot of... This flavour within the Tarant- yeah. Tarantino's own movies. Yeah, um, definitely. There's even a sequence where um, an informant of the... Um, of the Red Hood gang gets his ear cut off quite, yeah. quite brutally gets his ear cut off like, and, and they try to make him eat it yeah which is going further than Tarantino ever went yeah um, and but that is that is a clear chuffing influence right oh, absolutely. there when I, absolutely. When, when I saw that moment I went that's where he's got it from Reservoir he's Dogs. got it from yeah, there that's exactly right um, the only thing the only thing I didn't like is is that when he gets shot um, he's covering his ear, and then he gets shot, and then he, yeah. then he <laughs> uncovers his ear. ear. You see his ear; he's still there, and then he falls and dies. I was just it's like, brilliant. just at least cover it up, or fall on your hand, or something. Yeah. I was just like, it's clearly still there. <laughs> what, what I love about what about love about these two films, what what really tickles me is when people get shot. It's the old it's the old fashioned yeah. way of people getting shot. I mean, films nowadays tend to have it where they just flop and yeah. they're dead immediately, like squibs, the, yeah. squibs and stuff coming. Yeah, in. yeah. but these films. They do like all this pirouette dancing, don't they? Where they're like they're yeah. getting shot and they're like really melodramatic. It's like ballet or something. And when when this guy who's like like you said with the ear thing, you know, a simple thing would have yeah. been to like if he just if he falls down, he's yeah. dead. You know, still cover your ear or even makeup. Yeah. No, he does a whole like three sixty turn. I've been shot, and he gets shot again, yeah. and he spins, and he trembles, and he falls, and it's drama school day one. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's brilliant. 
But again, that's it's the old style of film, isn't it? Yeah, it's the classic way, and I think yeah. you've got to you've got to bear that in mind when watching like old films. Yeah. Is that the way that it was? It used to be a lot more theatrical, a lot less kind yeah. of photorealistic and, and realistic acting and subtle and acting. It's part of the charm of westerns when you see somebody get shot off a rooftop and they go ah, ah! flail their arms, then fall through a catwalk or something <laughs> straight into a well, barrel that then blows oh. up. That, that that's the quintessential thing of a western. I tell you what, a great example of that in the film is when the the general is so evil he's just shooting random bandits letting them yeah. run and shoot he lets one get to the top of this massive oh god and I forgot shoot, about that and shoots him and he tumbles down for about five minutes literally, literally <laughs> that whole sequence like you see three people get shot you know he lets them run about 20 yards yeah. and he shoots them and this one guy goes yeah okay let him go and he just runs and the camera tracks him yeah the entire way. It's a really long shot. And then it goes up the hill. It's like a, a quite a steep hill as well. Yeah. So he gets all the way up the steep hill, continuously tracking him, and then he gets shot and then rolls down. It must it must have been about a minute and a half of this poor Ideally. this poor extra. The director's clearly gone. Running up. Just go and run up that hill. And he goes, Yeah, okay, sure. And then when when you hear a smack, yeah. that's when I want you to but roll you all the way yeah. down. You want down. me to run all, fall all the way down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the way down. All the way down. <laughs> all the way. And down. you see him literally cartwheel ding, all the way ding, down this ding, hill. Ding, ding, all the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, it was, oh. Oh, it was it was funny. Um, did you know actually this the obviously Tarantino we said didn't remake this. Yeah. But um, do you, are you familiar with uh, Takashi Miike, the director, Japanese oh. director? Uh, I did, might be if did audition film. audition. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Itchy the killer. Yes, of course. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I do. Yeah. He actually remade it um, as Sukiyaki Western Django in Japan, which had a cameo by Tarantino. Bloody hell. Yeah. So, How so long ago was that? Uh, oh, a few years ago now. I think. Was it two... before Django Unchained? I'm not sure. I'd, I'd need to check. No, I'm mm. not sure. I can't yeah. say. No, I can't no, say no. either way. But but um, I think clearly like this film is, is a huge influence on filmmakers and film in definitely, general. Definitely, definitely. And even the ending, we're, we're heading towards the ending, aren't we? Yeah, so absolutely. Even the ending is set up and it has so many influences on other films just purely because of the way it's set up. Absolutely. The, the hero, Django, he's... He get he gets hor- horrifically maimed, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he does. Yeah, so he gets both. Um, so he's he's got the him and the the uh, the prostitute that he saved in the start of the film uh, journey off uh, with the gold yeah. in, in the in the coffin, um, and they get to a rickety bridge and accidentally Which you see at the start of the film, don't you? Yeah. Just just where she's been attacked and strung up, whipped. They drop the gold directly into quicksand. Yeah, um, I, I I thought it was a setup. I thought it was a ploy. Yeah, but it's like literally, it's like it adds the rifle tragedy, goes it? rifle goes off, yeah. scares the horse, coffin goes in the yeah. quicksand, and then she gets shot and killed. And yeah. it's like, oh god, this is no, no, she's not killed. Actually, she survives. Oh, she, yeah, she yeah. does survive. Beg your pardon, but yeah. it looks like she's been killed. That's right. It plays it that she has been killed. Mm. I wonder if they did change that. At the yeah, end it could. It could because have been, it yeah. was horrifically dark. It was because because she's trying to save Django. Yeah. And then saves Django only because to if you herself. see the shot, there's a shot when when she gets hit, she kind of rolls, she rolls over and she yeah. c- plays it completely dead. There is a shot when she's lying flat back on the bridge, and you can see there's blood all ah. down, all the way down. So I wondered if they did change it mm. to make it go. So it's a le- it's slightly a less bit, bleak ending. Yeah, it's a little bit too mm, dark. Maybe, maybe. I wonder if they did that. Possibly, possibly. Um, but yeah, so so Django comes out and the banditos are annoyed that they've robbed he's robbed from them. 
Of course. Um, Even though they've got thousands yeah. of tons of golden yeah. cows. They're like, ah, it's fine. <laughs> we don't need that. Because that's because there's this big heist in the middle of the film, which is great and a yeah. really good set piece. I was thinking like the, the movie is almost like three different set pieces kind of It is, yeah. It's almost three different movies in itself. Yeah, in a way. Well. Like little little uh, vignettes almost yeah, yeah. Um, that are just tied together very loosely. But yeah, so they, they, they smash his hands with a rifle, they smash both of his hands, ruin his hands because yeah. he's the master gunfighter, so what are you gonna yeah. do? You're gonna take away his hands. It's the most brutal part of the film as well, because oh, you, you see it entirely as well. Oh yeah, every every yeah. every kind of smash into his hands is awful. And it, it proper red roar and horror. And he's still, again, he's still being quote unquote the hero of the film, like doing the right thing or trying to do the right thing. Yeah. And he's like, I've still got to kill the general because he killed the love of my life. Yeah. Um, and they're like, Your hands are broken. He was like, I'll try, you know. And, yeah. then, and then we get the, we go all the way to this amazing graveyard scene. Yeah, um, I mean, the, the set is beautiful. Oh, it's, gorgeous. it's a really, really amazing looking set. And the mm. entire setup for that scene is brilliant as well because you see him prostrates himself up against um, a gravestone, doesn't he? Yeah, that's right. And it, again, it's one of those, it's like we said about the guy climbing the hill who rolls down, yeah. it's a long shot of him literally trying to position this one revolver yeah. on a gravestone. And it's, it's, it's aching. When I was watching that, I thought, oh, come on, you can do it, you can yeah. do it. It, it. It gives you that feeling, like, you know, the, the feeling you get yeah. in the pit of your stomach, you're like, be careful, don't nudge it, don't nudge yeah, it. Yeah. And he does nudge it, yeah. and you go, oh, you dropped it, fucking yeah. hell. Drops it, tries it again. Because and he's it, constantly looking up as well. It's what was brilliant about the actor who mm. plays Django, Franco Nero. Yeah. He has these, it was a, his breakout performance yeah, as well. Yeah, breakout role. He yeah. has these little moments where, where, where he's trying to position the revolver and he's looking off into the distance. So yeah. he knows his, his time is limited. He knows yeah. they're literally going to be there any moment. It's great that the actor, Franco Nero, has that. You know, he, he he's playing with that for himself, you know, like, I've just knocked the gun over and you see him look off into the distance and go, if they come over now, yeah. I'm dead. Yeah, I'm exactly. dead. So he literally wraps his like elbow around to try and push it back up. And it's just, it's, it's a painful scene because yeah. you're like, how are you going to get out of this? Yeah. How are you going to survive? Yeah. And that's, and all the yeah. characters are asking him that all the way through. They're like, yeah. how are you going to manage this? And this is like, this is the part of the film where he's like, he doesn't have a plan. He doesn't yeah. have a backup. It literally is just... It is him. Yeah. It's the showdown. It's the quick draw. Yeah. It's the Mexican standoff. Yeah. That is it. And and he's got two broken hands. Yeah. And the brilliant thing is because he obviously can't get his fingers into the gun. Yeah. Into where the, where the um, trigger, the trigger yeah. is. So you see him trying to chew off like the, 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 the covering. I yeah, can't remember what you yeah, call yeah. that a covering. The kind of the ring. Yeah, yeah, the ring that goes over the trigger. You yeah. see him trying to chew it off and pull it, pulling it off. Yeah. Using basically... Well, clearly they put some like massive gloves on him and said, you yeah. try and do it with this. Yeah. You know, try and do it. And... He manages to do it, so there's literally just the trigger, a bare exposed trigger. Mm. But the payoff is brilliant. Oh, it gives you it's so, so, so like so, so tension filled, mm. but the payoff for the scene when the general arrives is just yeah. absolutely brilliant. So we get the, the general arrives and it's just like the six guys, yeah. yeah, including the general, and you're like, No way. There's no way this is gonna happen. Yeah. And the general starts playing with him and shooting him and he's like, I'm gonna count down the moments you have left or, yeah. or the minute you're the seconds you'll be alive. Yeah. You know. I'm Classic hero play, lets him talk the talk and then Exactly. And then all of a sudden he he's like, Oh okay, count these and he gets the gun on the on the side and then he just slams the hammer down six yeah. times. 
kills everybody. Brilliant. Everyone, everyone collapses exactly the same time yeah. as well. Boom. Doom, 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 doom. Just like yeah. pure symmetry. But it's, it's the imagery that follows that as well. So they're all dead mm. and Django gets up and he leaves the gun resting on the gravestone. Yes, yeah. And it's just caked in blood and un- directly underneath where the gun was that he had it resting is just caked mm. in blood as well. So his hands yeah. are literally falling apart after he's hammered back the hammer and the yeah. and the trigger. He's just and it's just caked in blood, yeah. and the camera just stays behind the behind the gun, the gravestone, as he yeah. walks over the hill, and he doesn't really look at the bodies either. He just carries no. on going into the into the sunset, yeah. as it were. It's a really again, it's like the the, the camera doesn't move. It's just yeah, it just right stays him. solid there. And he just he's just like right at the top of the screen, yeah. the tip top of the screen of the frame, and he just looks back and yeah. And then and then walks off. Yeah, and again, it's it's a long shot. It's mm. literally one that lasts for about two minutes. I think <laughs> I read that one of the shots they asked like they were like just keep going and going and going yeah. as far as you can, uh, Franco, and we'll just get this really long shot. Okay. Yeah. Um, and he kept going, and he got to the top of this like hill or whatever. He turned around, all the <laughs> the whole film crew had left. <laughs> They'd already filmed it. <laughs> they just left instead. Franco Nero up there like. That, that must have been for the opening montage. Because yeah, the opening so. montage is him literally just climbing over these hills mm. and things with this coffin. And I could just imagine him going, should I look back and have a look? <laughs> no, I'll keep going for a little bit. And then turning around, literally nobody there. It's like, it's like into the uh, the river sticks, the gates of Hades. Don't look back. <laughs> Don't look back. Um, but yeah, I, th- I, I really enjoy this film. Again, it's very it's a fairly straightforward Bombastic, yeah, violent. Bombastic Western. is the key word. Yeah, bombastic, very bombastic, and it's got all that Italian kind of, uh, you know, yeah, that kind yeah. of like, that pa- that passionate, you know, eye and flavour to it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love it. Um, the Jack- only the only thing that lets it down for me mm. is the dubbing. Oh, I, just, I wish oh God, yeah. I could have watched this film in the original language with subtitles. Jesus, because um, obviously we're going to talk about the Great Silence. The Great yeah, Silence yeah. is. In the original language, right. with Italian dubbing, obviously, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. but subtitles, yeah, yeah, and it works. It, it works better. It, fe- it feels more, absolutely. more like more genuine. Yeah, I think. more yeah, yeah. genuine. It, it, it feels. It, it's not a very good dub either. Like, I no, think it, if not. it was a better dub, I recognise the guy who did the voice. Yeah. For Django, I recognise that voice. I didn't, can't, it didn't I, really fit Django for no, me. No, it didn't. It didn't because that, that was off-putting for me. Yeah, he's a very uh, Franco Nero. I've heard him in other films since. I mean, yeah. he pops up in he he's pops a, up in Django and Frank, Franco Nero. I have to say, is a is a sexy man as well. he's got a very deep, gruff voice. Yeah, he's, he's in. Yeah, he's in Django yeah. Unchained, doesn't he? So, so. it's like ah, uh, he you needed to find somebody who matched it, but obviously. These yeah. films are so fast and turned around so quickly. It's yeah. a case of yeah, get whatever, you do get it. whatever, you do it. You know, yeah. uh, someone was telling me that like the Godzilla films, the dubs for them often didn't have a script, so no, they, yeah, so they, they would just, just make, make yeah. they would just make the dub up. They're like, this is space titanium and yeah. shit like that, and you're like, yeah. okay. But sure. again, it's endearing for mm. for those films because mm. it is literally, you know, crafted with that in mind. It's mm. like, well. You know, just just do it. Exactly. Just go and crack on with it. In some cases, it does work mm. for Django, mm. the, the dubbing. I mean, there's like the, the, the saloon owner. I thought his dubbing was okay. Yeah, his was his was and, better than most. You know, he, he he's on the end of a horrifying ending, isn't he? he he's like you know trying to protect the um, the, the woman. brothel and the yeah, protect the yeah. brothel and the woman. He says, "Well, Django wants to meet you in this field." And then he gets blown away completely. And yeah. You're like fucking hell. This yeah. is how dark and bleak the film is. Mm. You know, he's saying he's he not. Does. here. He's not here. 
He's I, a simple, I don't, I don't friendly business, yeah. businessman just yeah. trying to do his job, trying to help when he can. Yeah, and he just gets completely blown away, and it's like, oh, oh man, it's horrific. A, there's a there's a similar character in uh, in the Great Silence we're going to talk about. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's oh, it's just just quality quality stuff. Um, there were this film was so popular in Italy that yes. almost every film that Franco Nero did and several other films were named Django. Like yes. They had Django in the title. Yeah. Apparently there's 30 unofficial sequels to Django, mm-hmm. one official sequel where Franco Nero comes back and Sergio Corbucci produces. Yeah. Um, and that's 1987's Django Strikes Again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, so I've 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 not seen that either. No, I've not, um, I've not, to be fair. I might might visit it maybe someday. Um, yeah, I mean interested. the thing with all these sequels is they were literally riding on the hype, riding on the bandwagon of Django. Mm. So they literally they have no connection no. whatsoever. The different they don't, characters they don't even feature like yeah. Django. In in some cases, they're literally called Django, but there's nobody called Django in the film. Exactly. Yeah, and it's like ah, you that was that is that is Italian filmmaking yeah. a lot of the time you, you'll but see a lot of that they were literally riding on the bandwagon mm. because it was such a successful film even though it was hyper violent people yeah. were horrified by the violence oh absolutely it was massively successful and there you go um but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a good... It's a good, solid spaghetti western. Yeah. It does everything I want with a spaghetti western. Um, so yeah, I think uh, it was a it was a strong entry and I can see why Tarantino loves it as much as Oh yeah, as he de- does. definitely, definitely. I mean, you can see the influences right the way through with Django Unchained. You know, even yeah. in the smallest moments, like the way people get killed in Django Unchained mm. is very much as dramatic and, you know... Hmm. <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> it's very yeah very blatant very violent yeah over the top ridiculousness um even like even like um like DiCaprio's performance is very much oh yeah like yeah. hyper hyper realism yeah. that hyper over the top yeah you know and that's but that's exactly the right kind of performance for that film yeah and and is needed mm-hmm. but maybe and that's what you get in this film as well yeah. you get, you get hyper realistic I was just thinking that the idea that they're the Ku Klux Klan maybe that actually comes after people have seen Django Unchained, they go, "Oh, these guys are the Klux Klan." Yeah, kind of, probably. Maybe probably. They're, they're trying to connect them. That kind of racism. But I think there's, there's several jokes in Django Unchained about you know the hoods where they're saying, "I can't see yeah, shit." Yeah, yeah, all that sort of stuff. That's kind of what happened in this one as well. I yeah. read a thing basically saying because the re- red hoods. I mean, if you watch it, yeah, yeah. you can see like they can't see anything through can't these hoods. Shit. So that's clearly an inside joke mm. from. This Django, nineteen sixty six, yeah. to Django Unchained, where literally the characters are going, "I can't see shit through yeah. this hood," you know. Yeah, exactly. Because quite literally, you can see the guys in these red hoods in Django can't see shit, mm. <laughs> and they're just marching in. They're marching in a row, and then they get told to fall down. I think you can see them like adjusting the masks yeah. as well. I mean, there's one guy. There's one guy. <laughs> he's walking through, and his head. He's like literally tilting his head up. So he's looking to the sky just yeah. so he can look down the ground and you can see him. He's like holding this massive revolver, this massive rifle, and he can't see where he's going in this muddy plain. He can't see anything, God, but it's the brilliant. Mud, the mud. Well, uh, yeah, I think I think we've covered covered Django, so I think we should move on. Ever I so, agree, ever so slightly. So. Let's talk about the following film, The Great Silence. Uh, what do you have to say about this one? I absolutely loved this film. Of the two, I think, obviously Django was the first film. Mm. Uh, this is, It's not a sequel. It's mm. not a sequel. There's no connections whatsoever nope. other than the director. Yeah. 
Um, but I absolutely love this film. Fra- Franco Nero is definitely supposed to be the character Silence. Yes. But, but he I wasn't, so, wasn't yeah. available. He was doing yeah. something else. I think he was doing Camelot, I think. Yes, he was. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I checked out his IMDb yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, he was definitely. Uh, you can see the character was made for him. Mm. Silence, Silence is. Yeah, yeah. There's literally no. There's no vocals from him yeah. at all. No, no. Um, but this film, I think, this is the epitome of the revisionist western. It is absolutely fucking bleak. Yeah. Completely bleak. I did not expect it to be as dark as it is. Neither and did I, I. I. I'm a very dark person. I. Li- I like. <laughs> I li- I like films. Where I have the blackest of hearts. I like I like I really like films where you know they subvert your expectations in the right way, where things don't you know go as you're thinking they're going to go. And this film, I thought, okay, everything's going to be fine. Here's the hero. I was a victim of you know my yeah. own assumptions about yeah. a western. Yeah. Even though I try not to have those expectations, yeah. and very literally, this film completely subverted everything Absolutely. in the right way. A lot of people talk about subverting expectations in a negative way because of what happened yeah. with sort of like The Last Jedi and yeah, things like yeah, that. Yeah, but this film, The Great Silence, is the perfect example of how to do subversion perfectly because, oh, forgive my language, but do fucking it. hell, it is <laughs> fucking bleak. It is bleak. It is bleak to the point where I finished it and I messaged you and yeah. I was like, fuck my ass. <laughs> That is horrifyingly bleak. It is. Uh, but it it's is brilliant. So it's absolutely brilliant. No, it's, done, because, it's done in the best possible way. Yeah, purely because it has that ambiguity. And that's the key word, I think, for this podcast. Mm. And you've said it, I've said it. It's the ambiguity of the characters, the moral ambiguity. Who's right? Who's wrong? Who is yeah. the villain? Who's the hero? In The Great Silence, it blurs that line pure white because yeah. it's set in snow absolutely so literally you cannot see the line because there is no line because the film is set in the snowy mountains and I think that is the genius of Sergio Corbucci mm. he literally set it in the mountains you know something that was so rare in a western film where you can't see anything because you're blinded by white yeah. you know you're blinded by you're snow blind yeah. at every yeah. turn and that is brilliant and, and snow yeah snow blind moral wise they yeah. can't tell the difference between exactly. right and wrong, you exactly. ca- you as the audience can't tell the difference between right and wrong, but neither can these characters. Exactly, they are just doing what they can, what they think is right, yeah. what they what they believe to be the right thing for them, given that situation. Yeah. But is it is it truly is it truly the best kind of thing? Yeah. Um. It's so like you said, it's it's the bleak, stark whiteness of the setting. Yeah. Which is just reflected in the characters. It's cold and unforgiving, like the characters in this yeah, movie. Yeah, definitely. They, you know, there is there are light moments. There is there is uh, friendships made. There are you know, there's a love yeah, scene. Yeah, definitely. Um, but the these are like tiny little you know specks in the bleak. Yeah. You know. All-consuming cold well, that said, this yeah, film yeah. has. Yeah, um, I mean, you, you mentioned like the tiny little moments of you know joy and whatever, mm. but they're completely eradicated by the sheer brutality of you know the world that they inhabit, mm. and that 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 to me is like one of the quintessential things about the West because the West wasn't a good place. It was <laughs> it was harsh. It yeah. was really really harsh. It was a harsh environment to live in. You were basically picking up your life if you were moving out west mm. and restarting. You could be anywhere. You could accidentally set up in in, in you know native territory, yeah, yeah. and you would die. Yeah. You would literally be killed. Mm. Or if you got that far, 
you know, great. But if you didn't get that far, you were killed by the elements. Yeah. And that's the thing with this film, with The Great Silence. You know, the elements, the howling wind, the cold. One of the opening scenes you see is a horse dying, yeah. you know, in the snow. Yeah. That is it. That's that's the harshness mm. of the West, you know, in, in the mountains. You, can't, you literally can't depend on anybody but yeah, yourself. Exactly. You can't yeah. even depend on nature because nature will kill you. It will you can't, destroy you. I mean, you can't even depend on a gun. It's that yeah. cold that the guns don't and work. And you see, you see that in the film as well. Yeah. You see that in the film. And that, that's why I think this film is absolute genius. This is, for me, The Great Silence, you know, even if I have seen it when I was yeah. younger, which I'm not entirely sure of, but yeah. I think I have. Yeah. Great Silence for me, having seen it only three days ago, yeah. is now one of my favourite westerns. Uh, because, I, because of how absolutely brilliant and dark it is, yeah. how bleak it is, because it... It tears down the rule book for a Western Absolutely. in 1968 when Westerns are still, you know, they're, they're entering that dark phase. Yeah, with yeah, Good, definitely. The band, the yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, Once Upon a Time in the West and yeah. all that. They're entering that dark phase, which would lead to, you know, yeah. further down the line with yeah, yeah, Tenter Humor and all yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. The more modern ones. You know, yeah. Tombstone as well coming into the 90s. You know, they set the tone. That's, you know, it's everything for me, that. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. This is now one of my favourite westerns. The current rating on Rotten Tomatoes for this film is 100%. Yeah. Admittedly, the, there's only seven reviewers, but yeah. those seven reviewers matter because they've looked at it. Yeah. You know, in our, in our like, they, they could have watched it as, as, yeah. as soon as, you know, as recently as us, to be fair. Yeah. It's only 2018, become, I think 2018, yeah. um, 2017, there was a, yeah. there was a major release for um, The Great Silence in cinemas. Yeah. The first time in fifty plus years yeah. that that's happened. The the we'll we'll get into the kind of the ending and and stuff yeah, later yeah. on. We've not even really started. No, even we discussing haven't. We're, this, we're, just, really. we're just gushing about the brilliance yeah. of the film. It's just which it's it needs superb. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not superb. even guilty about taking up your no. airtime talking about no, it because do it. because it is that it is that fucking it is, good. It is that it really good. is that. Fucking I would good. I would recommend anybody that likes westerns, even if you don't like westerns. I still watch this. Yeah, hundred percent. Regardless, fight, just... fight through, fight through the choppy, yeah, choppy dialogue. The, yeah, you know the 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 duff dubbing. Fight mm. through it all. Just fight through it. Just just do it because it's worth just it. Enjoy, enjoy worth like it. the visuals. The visuals. You know, we were talking about like the connection between the hateful eight. Yeah, the snow. That is where Tarant- Tarantino's got his his reference point. Yes, for the hateful eight, the bleak nurse. You know, yeah. everybody's an arsehole. Everyone's yeah. a villain. He's got that from this film. They're from all the great they're, they are the hateful eight because yeah. they they just it is just pure hate. Yeah, it's unabashed hate yeah. for each other and for and again you don't know who to root for. Yeah, and which is just like this film and even the the uh, the carriage the carriage ride that um, Kurt Russell and I think Samuel Jackson. Oh, it takes about forty five minutes. Yeah, so what, like just fucking there's, brilliant. There's 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 one of those in this. Yeah, nowhere near as long. But the but the intensity and, yeah. the, and the tension is the same. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, absolutely the same. And and it's it's just so so good. And I'm glad that he took as much kind of like yeah. reverence for this film. Yeah, and it's and not it's not just it's not just this this simple sort of like connections between like all the way the characters interact with. Mm. It's literally the environment. The environment, the setting is a character in itself. Absolutely, because you know you know that people will die of exposure in the yeah. snow. So the, both films, the, the Great Silence plays up to it brilliantly, majestically, yeah. mm. because literally you do see a horse succumb yeah. to exposure yeah. literally 10 minutes into the film. When, it's, when, it's when, what, what, what other Westerns do you see that? Just like a horse yeah. dying a natural death? Yeah. 
I mean, because a lot of time the, the horses are the first things to get shot. Yes. And then, then they have a standoff and things like that. But here, it's, there's no connection to anything. The guy is just literally going to rat on yeah. silence himself being, yeah. you know, he's coming. So the guy's coming. Yeah. You know, he's just doing that. And the horse dies halfway there. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's really, really harsh film. But it's, it's fucking brilliant. It is, I, it's good. If you can get it, just just get it. If you find, see, if find somebody, a way. if the when the car boot sales reopen and everything, yeah. if you see it, just sat there, DVD of the Great Silence, yeah. pick it up, just buy it. Yeah, just fucking because buy it. I'm I'm pretty sure there may have been a, a UK DVD release, but I think there was, but it's out of yeah, print. It must be out of print by now. But um, like we said at the start, I'm pretty sure they're doing a 4K remaster of it. I hope and so. Hopefully, really it gets hope released so. because I will buy it immediately. Because yeah. this is a this is a beautiful film. Like that's the that's the the haunting thing about this film. As bleak as it is, it is beautiful. Yeah, beautifully shot. Um, beautifully shot. These wide open vistas. These kind of Colorado, Utah mountains. Yeah, where, yeah. wherever they are in the in the in the. I'm pretty film. sure they say Utah in the yeah. film at one point. So I think it is like Utah Peninsula or something like and, that. And peninsula and it, and mountains. Rather. And it's great to see like the the way they dress is uh, even the costuming is is unlike any western you've ever seen yeah the scarves the scarves underneath yeah. over the over their heads with the hats on um, there's a com- there's a comment i think about loka the villain um, why does he wear these women's furs and stuff um, i don't know but I like it. It's a great yeah. look for the character. It's a unique yeah. look for the character. Well, I think that's just it. It's just born out of necessity, isn't it? Yeah. So, literally, the the characters, you know, the way they're dressed and whatever, it's literally it's survival. Yeah. It's survival in the, the you know they're not they're not too bothered about getting killed in the shootout. No, so much as they are dying in the middle of the snow. Mm. You know, you know, that's in it. a horrific way. Yeah, and that's but just awful. Like, awful like you were saying, it's, it's beautifully shot and the music oh, in this film. Yes. Is by Ennio Morricone, yeah. who has recently Sadly, just, just passed this, away. this week at the time of recording, he's passed away, hasn't he? Yeah, yes. But it's brilliant. The music is everything. Mm. Yeah, like obviously, we'll talk a bit more yeah, about yeah. Morricone, on. but yeah. the music is the music is a character. The yeah. score is a character, and it, and it's not unlike any Western score you've ever heard. No, like and I I love Morricone's oh, score for. So good. Obviously, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, I love his score more so for Once Upon a Time in the West. And I was like. Again, I assumed I was like, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I know what was going to come I, here. Yeah, exactly. But no, the score is haunting, haunting. and terrifying as well. Yeah, it's really and, terrifying. And it's, it's there's this there's these moments where it's like, and it's 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 subtle as well. It's not it's not this. Oh, it's not grandiose. No, no, not, it's not at all. It's not bombastic or over the top or what you would expect from like a western. Yeah, it is this subtle kind of underpinning of of the whole allegory of this film yeah. and the the ideas and the themes behind this film. But then when it does ramp up, it doesn't ramp up in the way you think. It's, no, it uses, it's a lot of re- like, uses like reverberations. Yeah, so it's like, like you hear ling, it going... Yeah, and then you hear it going... And you're like, what's that noise? What is that noise? How are you doing that? But it works because the environment, it's almost like the the score is sort of like reflective of people... You know, struggling to get through things. It's, yeah. it's hard to describe because it is hard. To, it it's is. hard to pin down what what's yeah, so yeah. great about Again, it. Again, it's like because you can talk about scores for like obviously Batman and things yeah. like that for Star Wars. Yeah. You know what they mean, what they symbolize. Mm. With this score, 
because of what it does and how it changes the feel. You know what it is? It's really hard to sort of pin down exactly yeah. what it's trying to make you think. And I think I think what it is, I think the idea is, I think that we can't pin it down is because it's reflecting, again, that ambiguity we're talking about. Yeah. And we don't know, we don't know if this, this character, we should be like, it should be a yeah. big, like, a big fanfare. Well, yeah, that's a good point because there's no theme for any specific character. No. So, like... The score that I really love in Once Upon a Time in the West has, you know, specific themes for the characters. So you got the man with the harmonica, which is, mm. and then you've yeah. got, you know, the the big spectacle. You know, the the West itself has a theme. Mm. Um, one of the characters, I can't remember his name, which is horrific. You know, his theme is boom, 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 boom. In the Great Silence, there's nothing. No. In fact. The only thing you could say that has a theme is the environment itself. Yeah. It's literally like the course of the film is if you not if you don't kill each other, I'll kill you. Yeah, that's what the environment's exactly. saying. I think that's the brilliant thing about the film. It's and the a, score. Monacone of... saw that he went. I'm not yeah. going to do a theme about the characters. I'm no. going to do a theme about their surroundings yeah. and how if they get stuck out there. Yeah. Because there are a few moments when the characters get stuck yeah. out there, and that's when you start hearing the ding, 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 yeah, ding, ding, it. It's like, that's oh, it. fucking yeah. hell, it's a countdown. Yeah, there we go. You better get out of here, because if you count down, you're going to die. You're going to die of exposure. That's oh, it. God. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. I, yeah. might, be, I might be completely I off that. It. Well, I mean, well, I mean, well, unless unless we can find like an interview, what he said about it, yeah. or, or how he how he composed it, or someone I mean, who knew him. Um, you know, I mean, he's God, no if there's anybody but... listening that knows, for God's yeah. sake... You know, get in contact. Tell us if you know why and yeah. how he composed this, the reasons behind it. Because this easily, easily is one of his best scores. Yeah, easily, easily, and it's, Gets, it's probably uh, one of his most against, forgotten as well. Against all of his classics, you know, he, he even did work on the thing, didn't he? John Carpenter's the thing. Yes, he did. Um, not not all of it, because obviously Carpenter had a. He's yeah. quite mus- musical himself, but he, he had the more like the you know the yeah. Oh, maybe. the string, the string kind of things. Yeah. Kind of thing do you do. think? You think maybe Carpenter saw this and went, "Snow Morricone." Of course. Yeah, we've got. To I th- think. I think it'd be foolish not to sort yeah. of like acknowledge that as a possibility. I think that's got to. But be you got to think if if a director is going, I want Ernie Morricone for yeah. my score. Because Carpenter loved westerns as well. Yeah, he did. Yeah, like, he always wanted to do a western. Yeah, but they were all out of out of style by the time yeah. they came along. Like, yeah. Um, well, you got to think the assault, thing. The thing yeah. is kind of almost westerny in the fact that they're all they're all like, yeah. I'm not sure who you are. Who I are don't you? Trust who are you? you? Yeah, yeah. I don't trust you. I don't yeah. trust you. Who are you? You know, mm. the man, the men with no name, even think, though they know each other. Yeah, the creature creates that mystery. Like nobody's really sure who anybody yeah. is anymore. Exactly. So that is, is essentially like a Western. They're all the man with no name. Yeah. They're, all, they're all the mysterious strangers. And they're all against, everyone's all against exactly, each other. Exactly, exactly. That's quite a, quite a broad view of it, but... Mm. I mean, Assault on Precinct 13, um, Carpenter says, is a remake of Rio Grande. Of course, yeah, um, well, definitely. Yeah. Of course it is. There you go, there you go. It's so, just got <laughs> it's just heavy machine It's yeah. just a police station in modern day, that's it. Yeah. Uh, that's the only difference. But again, but, it's like, it's like, it's the thing with, in Tombstone, isn't it? You mm. know, the OK Corral and things like that, you know, it's sort of these films, these films, these old westerns yeah. in, just influence so much. Mm. And the, this film, The Great Silence, I think, is has a lot of hidden influences purely oh, because yeah. clearly only auteurs and hardened directors saw yeah. this film. It's like, even though, like you said, it's only got seven reviews on, on Rotten Tomatoes, all 100%. Yeah. Um, 
but it's, I don't think I still don't think enough people have seen it. No, like, but it's worth it's worth mentioning this yeah. film was heavily criticised. Absolutely, people fucking hated this film in yes. Italy. It's completely contrasting to Django. Mm. People hated this film, yeah. and a lot of it is to do with the ending because the ending is that horribly brutal, yeah. and it doesn't go anywhere that anybody was expecting. Mm. And you know, it's like you know, today in you know today's movies yeah. and media, when something doesn't go how they expect, like like the Last Jedi, yeah, thing, for example, you know, yeah. and the Rise of Skywalker, people launch and you go that's not mine that's not mine I don't don't like it Mm. it's not my Star Wars it's not my whatever it's not my Marvel they did the same thing with this film they went that's not my western I don't like it exactly right fuck off I don't like this film and the the producer yeah with the response from that didn't release it in the UK yep didn't release it in North America didn't release it in Europe uh, the rest of Europe anyway I think I think Germany had it though yeah, pro- sure probably because of Klaus Kinski, yeah, I think. I think that was, yeah, they were one of the few countries, like Germany, Austria, I think Denmark had it as well. Okay. But you're right, mm. they literally put a lockdown on it. Yeah. Purely because the Italian audience went, fuck off, that's not our yeah. Western. We for don't almost, want that shit. For almost 30 years. Exactly. But this is just saying, like, you know, criticism on that scale isn't a modern thing, you know, no. because of social media or whatever. Yeah. It literally has happened before mm. with Westerns because if somebody's... Certain musicals have had it as well. Where they yeah, go, true. That's not my fucking musical. Yeah. I don't, don't really... I don't that like shit. that arrangement. Yeah. You know, fuck it. It's happened. You yeah. know, so there's a few musicals. Natalie's got a few musicals that, you know, hardly saw the light of day because people mm. went, ah, shit that, because it doesn't follow the same tropes. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, ha- it, it tries to do something different yeah. and it doesn't. Yeah, even though you cancel, you know, whatever mm. people saying, oh, re- redo Star Wars, and yeah. that rumor's going around at the minute. They're gonna, nah, they won't I'll, do that. They're not going to redo it. But it's the same thing. It was like, oh, remake it or put it in the bin. Yeah. And that's what they kind of did with this. It was yeah. like, well, we'll have to put it in the bin then. Yeah. And that's it. And they, right. they locked it away for 30 years. I, 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 one of my favorite facts about this film <coughs> and about, about the ending specifically was. One audience member in Italy, um, I think it was, uh, yeah, it was Italy. Um, I think I've read this one. He, he, um, he was that upset by the ending. Yes. He fired a gun in yes, the cinema. He, yes. he fired a gun in the cinema. Because he was, was in not Sicily. He was on the island of Sicily. Yes. Sicily, so yeah. literally, you can imagine, he must have been a member of, like, you know. Something. Yeah, yeah. something. And he's clearly, I will, oh God, I would love to see it. <laughs> like, the ending of the film happens, and he just casually stands up and goes, Oh well, fire and <laughs> pistol straight to the screen. I'm not happy. Can you imagine someone? Can you imagine someone <laughs> in the Star Wars film doing that. Just yeah, just get out. someone goes. Well, I actually brought a real lightsaber. Right. Here you go. Zang, 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 zang. Bloody hell! That's you know, mental. Ah, oh, but I mean, we haven't even talked about anything in the no, film yet. We've not this, even this got how, to the plot of the film. I mean, this um, is how good the film is. Yeah, and this is how like it's a victim of the time. Yeah, because it is really it is that good. We were like, like it clearly is that harsh that people yeah. just went. We can't handle this. Yeah. We can't handle this. It's, this it's is, too much. It's yeah. too violent. It's too bleak. But it's like we've we've uh, like the the ending is based in truth. Yes, it's based it is, absolutely I could in not, fact. I could not believe. I could not believe when the title credits came up and it came up with the and the massacre of blah blah blah. blah and I went, oh fucking hell, this was real. Yeah. Oh, of course they. Yeah, yeah. Know. It's a, it's a fictionalized version. Yeah. Of something that occurred. But the basis for it. But the basis is real. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, fucking hell. I think we've got to actually talk about the film yes. somewhat. Yes, we <laughs> Sorry, we've, we've talked around the film. Um, you, just, 
I'll, I'll quote Hannibal. <laughs> Push him in. You can always say it was me. He was, <laughs> blame me for the rambling. You can always you can no, absolutely blame not. me. It's all it's all good stuff. It's all good shit. I I want I want it all. I want it all. Um, but I do think we've got to we've got to get yes. them get the kind of the the gist of the film because we've not even started comparing. No, yet. not even started comparing. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. How much? Yeah, we're we're, we're well in. Uh, don't worry. <laughs> um, it's fine. I don't mind. We can split this. I'm good with that. Um, as long as it's all good stuff, I don't mind. Cool. So. <clears throat> the film starts now. Th- this this is the the part of the film that I have issue with because I think part of it was my own fault for it was subtitled, but I forgot how quickly Italians speak. Yeah, and yeah. No, I, me, I agree. I it took exactly me a little while to to kind of get up to speed with their speed. Yeah, um, and it took me a little while to to grasp. But the opening is basically silence rides in again. It's another long shot. Beautiful, gorgeous yeah, cinematography. Over these snowy mountains. Gorgeous. Um, he rides in, and these ba- these bandits attack him, or these ba- bounty hunters, I think, attack him. Yeah. Um, and very quickly, you get a lot of oh, it's, opening gunfire. Brilliant. It's great. Don't get me wrong, but it's very it's very quick and very yeah, 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 jagged. Yeah. I think is the best way to describe it. It's very like uh, done. Yeah. Which, but it does it does that thing where it's literally like he comes in and he knows. Yeah. He, he, st- he stops his horse and he's yeah. like. I'm in an open space here. Mm. I can see everything. Yeah. I know. And it it holds it just a little bit to where you're going to go yeah. uncomfortable. And then... Bam, 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 bam. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah. They're all dead. And then these other guys kind of come up. And now I believe in the... Because initially I... So there's a character in this called Loco. He's the villain of the piece. Well, you know, quote yeah, unquote yeah. villain. Quote unquote villain. But he is he's kind of posited in that light. Yeah. Um, now there's a lot of bandits running around, and I th- I didn't pick up on a lot of the dialogue at the beginning. In this town called Snow Snow Hills, Snow yeah, Hills? Snow Hill, yeah. Um, there is a man called Polycut, Polycut, Polycut. Yeah, yeah, a very difficult name. Yeah, um, I th- I'm going to say Polycut. Yeah, we'll so go with that. Polycut. We'll go with Polycut. Um, so he is basically the effectively kind of the town mayor. There is no sheriff. There is no law yeah, in this yeah. town. There is no law. There is this man who is effectively like a banker slash mayor slash... He, he runs the yeah. entirety of town. He basically he? runs he's, the he's town. Literally... Um, now, what has been happening is that the resources have become so low and so scarce that he has, he has risen the prices of things and, yeah. and raised the cost of things that it gets to a point where people can't afford to pay him. Yeah. So they have to become criminals. Yeah, they have no choice but to steal, to exactly. survive. To, to live, to survive, like we talked about, this this harsh environment, this yeah. harsh, cold climate, um, you know, this morally bankrupt place only gets worse because of this. Now, at the time, there are still uh, bounty hunters or bounty killers, as they're yeah. called in this movie, um, that will... Because there's no there's no sheriff, yeah. they have to hire these these bounty killers to yeah. to stop the bandits. But um, this guy is very corrupt and has a has a past uh, with with silence the yes, the gunslinger. Yeah. That's the main of the, the name of the main character. Um, we'll get to that very shortly. But um, he's depending on the person he'll raise. You know he'll he'll raise the money more. So um, there's a character called Pauline. Yeah, who who. Really surprisingly, this is quite this is quite um, again quite a woke film for the time because it has yeah definitely not only does it have very strong female characters all the characters yeah. the female characters they don't they don't budge for anything even in this harsh environment um, they will not budge an inch yeah 
in, in whatever regard because that's they know who they are and they know that's the right thing yeah. to do. Um, but there is a, a black female, strong female lead in this in this film, and not only that, there's an interracial love scene. Yes, and this is this is in you know late sixties, so this is still yeah. probably quite controversial. I'd be I'd be interested to know whether this came before the Captain Kirk. Yeah, maybe. Kiss with Uhura. That would be interesting. It's just, it's just come to me now. Yeah. Again, again, like that's again. This it's culturally, it's quite, it's quite different. As yeah. Well, and do you think maybe but that he, might be even another just... reason why it didn't go over to the US? No, I don't. Oh, that's a good point. Actually, I don't really know. I don't really know. Yeah, I mean, we, we, I mean, we'll probably never yeah. know. But, no, well, yeah. But there's, I know there's obviously this, you know. America can be, and as we've seen recently, a very racist country, depending on the particular yeah. people we're talking yeah. about. Not all, not all of them, obviously, but yeah, you know, there is there is that, and you know, within the UK as well, and within lots of other places yeah. around the world. Um, but historically, quite bad in in regards to racism. Yeah. Uh, speaking of racism, this film was actually inspired by. So Sergio Corbucci was quite. He was anti-establishment. Anti authoritarian. Yeah. Hence why he created these, you know, these, these revisionist kind of, westerns. Exactly. These these the the characters in the film are capitalist, authoritarian, yeah. um, you know, and he's very left wing. And he was inspired by the killings of Che Guevara, uh, Martin Luther yeah. King, Malcolm X, JFK, all these people that were their causes were somewhat strengthened by their martyrdom. Yeah. Which is something that kind of comes to play at the end as well, especially. Definitely, definitely. Um, especially with this film. Especially. Um, again, we'll get to that. We'll get to the ending eventually. Um, you can see that throughout. The, alleg- the allegory in this film is yeah. crystal clear, as, as white and as clear as the snow that it's painted yeah, definitely, across. Definitely. Um, that allegory is very clear. And Polycut is the vil- is one of the villains of the piece. But again, you could argue that he's doing what he needs to do to survive. Yeah. And again, like we said it's before, it's, it's the it's the brilliance of this film is that the ambiguity with all of that, because mm. obviously the idea was to settle the West. It was to civilise the West. Mm. So one could argue that this capitalist man is the future. Yeah. You know, he's a businessman. He wants to set up a business. He wants to set up a trade post to get people to come and to expand the area. A captain of industry, if you yeah, will. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's that's the, what underpins a lot of later westerns. Mm. You know, is that idea of you know the heavy machinery is pushing out all the old ways, mm. all the you know, and unfortunately, a lot of the characters in this film are the old way. Yeah. You know, there's no room for and, them. And again, they're in an isolated area. They're in an isolate, yeah. isolated town where potentially they wouldn't often get those kind of, that new Western, those yeah. new, that new age of, of industry would be coming to them because they're, they're just, they're out in the sticks. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, it's very hard to, to get to like a <clears> town <throat> like that without a horse. Yeah. At this, in this era. I mean, you can imagine, like, the early West in the early West period was sort of like people going in and um, running furs and, you know, tobacco trade and things yeah. like that. You can imagine that at one spot, you know, once upon a time, this, this particular outpost, this area, probably was teeming with business, mm. you know, and it explains why a lot of these people are struggling to survive because that business no longer exists mm. because of the railroads coming in yeah. and things like that. It, the good thing about the these Western films that do this kind of thing, that they explore the ambiguity, mm. is that you can paint pictures of where things might have gone wrong. Yeah. And it's quite clear that 
this trading outpost, this area where the where the film inhabits, has fallen away. This is the old world. Mm. You know, you're going to die if you don't move on and find yeah. something different. Exactly. And it, it does you know happen. <laughs> Not unlike what you know, big company. I work for a big department store in the mm-hmm. UK. That's having to alter the way it does business now. Yep. You know, it's it we're having it's it's a similar situation. Pretty much every business isn't the minute, every business I mean, is having to change how they operate, how they balance their books, yeah. how they pay how they pay their staff, how they hire their staff, yeah. the roles that they play. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it's it still happens. This yeah. is a very kind of you know, it's it's still topical today, even though the yeah. film was set like a hundred years yeah. ago. I mean, and the it, film's bloody fifty years old. Yeah, itself. I mean, you, you don't have to look at like the old ghost towns in America today. You know, mm-hmm. the old like there's still a lot of old Western towns yeah. with the old wooden buildings still standing abandoned. because they were abandoned because yeah. things moved on. The yeah. railroad didn't go that way, or the resources like you know gold or silver or whatever yeah. dried up there was nothing more to get so they left and moved yeah. on that's it happens and that's what happened in the west that's why things changed change so drastically and they changed over a period of 30 years if that and that's a very quick space of time for a lot to change yeah and it's 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 drastic and, and like i said even now like a lot of these companies that are, are moving on to kind of like online sales mm. and pushing that you know that 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 kind of infrastructure wasn't there. Yeah. So so now they're they're having to create it within in spo- instead of like three or four years. Yeah. They're going to have to do it in six months. Yeah. And that's it. And they are doing. And yeah. unfortunately, they're going to be casualties. Yeah. There are there are definitely going to be casualties. Yeah. Um. Anyway, back to the film. Yes, back to the <laughs> film. Back to the film. So we uh, yes the capitalist so Polycut, man. Polycut, the capitalist man, the captain of industry, and now he's made these people bandits. Yes, like he's forced them to be bandits. Yes, and Pauline's husband is now uh, a bandit and is and is forced to come out, and and Polycourt is forced to hire these bounty killers, and they are having to kind of enforce everything. Yeah. However, you know, there's these these bandits. I'd honestly admit they're like we'd happen to be taken alive. Yeah, just so we can get some food. Or we can be, yeah. you know, t- we can be taken in somewhere warm because we are just uh, trying to survive in this cold environment. Yeah. Um. Like, there's a bit where the, because initially the town doesn't have a sheriff, and I think the character is called Fred Wolf. He's probably my favorite character. Yeah. Um. It, I think it's um. I think it's Sheriff Garrett. I want to say his name. The character's name. Is. Yeah, I think that's um, what it was. And he's basically said, "You're going to be the sheriff of this new town. It needs one." Off you go. And he's like, <laughs> "Okay, I guess I'll go." Um. And the first thing he comes across these bandits. And they, they nab his horse. And they're, yeah. like, and they're like, he's like, why do you need to steal my horse? And they're like, well, we're going to eat it. Yeah. We could eat for weeks off this horse. And they're like, and he's like, wow, it's that, again, yeah. it's that bleak that they have yeah. to bloody eat somebody's horse just to survive. Yeah. And ugh, it's scary. But these bandits aren't, again, necessarily the bad guys. But then neither are the bounty hunters. No, because they're literally being, they're literally responding to adverts. Hmm. You know, you see in, you see, in you see Western films, you see them Western video games like Red yeah. Dead Redemption, things like that. You pick up bounties, you know, to hunt, you know, mm. criminals. Yeah. So if somebody's posted that these people are criminals, I want them hunted down, and the bounty killers are going to ride in and go, well, yeah. there is a job here, yeah. so I'll do the job so I can get paid and feed mm. my family or feed myself. And this is in in line with the yeah. law. This is you know they're not they're not yeah outside of the law doing it. They're not vigilantes. No, not they're entirely. Being, no, no. They are hired to do yeah. this. But then there's there's instances, especially with Loco, yeah. where he could take them alive. They're willing to go alive yeah. because they're, and he just, they're basically yeah. dying. And he just goes, 
Yeah, shoot finishes them, them off horrifically as well. And and the, the even the the colder aspect, uh, literally and figuratively, is he leaves their bodies in the snow. Yeah, he's like, I'll come back for him. Doesn't it's even like, bury yeah, them. He just goes. It's a form of brutality, isn't yeah. it? Where he's like, well, let them suffer that little bit more. Doesn't even respect them enough to bury them. Yeah, he just leaves them, covers them up with a bit of snow, and well, they refuse to get. Pay. They don't. They don't pay him at one point because he comes in with what three bodies, and he's yeah. like, well, hang on, you said there was four. He goes, well, I've left one. Yeah. Like, well, you're not having your money then. Yeah. And he's like, oh, oh, okay. Is this how it goes? Yeah. Mm. And obviously, when he does get the money, you know. It... Yeah. But yeah, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's such a good film. So, yeah. Such a good film, purely for that. I mean, so many, so many layers. Yeah. And that, and the the thing I had initially, like, and again, going back to that moral ambiguity, the thing I had, I, I, I initially, I was like, you know what, Loco, supposed to be the villain, I don't think he's that bad. No, I mean, yeah, it's it's difficult, isn't it? I yeah, mean, and I, and, I, and initially I didn't really, I, again, because of the the subtitles and the quite jumpy aspect yeah. of the opening, which I think is probably it's good, but it's it's very like the tone a lot that, happens. Yeah, a lot happens in a very quick yeah. amount of time, and then it's slow, and then it's down, a slow yeah. build to the end. Yeah, and I think that's the issue I had. I was like, oh, I'm paying attention to all yeah. this detail. Da, da, da. I didn't pick up that the bandits were forced to be bandits until much later in the film. Yeah. Um, so I didn't think he was all that bad. I was like, yeah. And he's yeah. decided to kill him, sure, but, you know, yeah. he's, he's, he's dead or alive, you know, he's still wanted. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I didn't think, and it was only till kind of, again, the ending, where I was like, actually, no, he's pretty yeah. awful he's, he's as a pretty human being. He's a bad person. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the, whole, the whole journey of silence is... As the hero, again, it's really, really multi-layered. Mm. I, I, I still don't know quite what to make of his journey. Because the thing with Silence as well, he's not like... Silence is basically a character who um, was a child and bounty killers came for his parents in a similar yeah. situation. Well, he came for his father. Sorry, he came for his father. He came for his father yeah. and his mother got killed in the crossfire. Yeah, And, and basically they, they went... They went, oh, he's not going to say anything, yeah. is he? And then the lead guy who becomes the capitalist, yeah. lead member of this, this bounty killer gang, mm. who is eventually revealed to be the capitalist, goes, oh, he's not going to say anything, and pulls out a big massive knife yeah. and cuts, clearly, his vocal cords. Yeah. And that's where you get the character of Silence who so, can't say anything because he reveals the yeah. cut across his he neck. Shows, yeah, and you see... And, and, and apparently it's because the actor couldn't speak Italian or any yeah. other language apart from French. Yeah, so, so they basically so, went, oh, I don't say anything. <laughs> you're, you're silence. You're silence. Yeah. It's great. Uh, it's going to be the great silence. Il grande silenzio, as yeah. it's known in uh, Italian. Um, that was delightful. <laughs> say it again. Il grande silenzio. Delicious. <laughs> Delicious. Put Italian. that on your pizza. <laughs> <laughs> So, so uh, we have this. Would you like any Il Grande Silencio? Yes, <laughs> Il Grande Silencio. Yes, I'll have the Il Grande Silencio. Um, you want any pepper? <laughs> oh God! Where, have some barbers up, please. Where have we gone? <laughs> um, so yeah, so we have this. Um, we had this the slitting of the throat while he was a child. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing about Silence is he doesn't draw his gun yes. until somebody else draws his gun. So. Because so, then it's legal. Yes. Then he's not a murderer. Self-defense. And you see it early on. Because he's film. not. He's not a bounty killer. He yeah. kills. He waits. Bounty yeah. He waits for somebody to react. So the, at the start of the film, it's like really, really tense, and it's like he's just stood there in the middle of nowhere, mm. and then somebody jumps the gun, don't they? Yeah. They're like, "I'm going to get him now!" Yeah. As soon as he does that, then pop, 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 pop. He's yeah. using like it's. It's that Mauser. Yeah, Mauser? I was going to say yeah. it's a Mauser pistol, so it's an automatic pistol. 
So he does the whole cocking back the hammer thing, which yeah. you don't need to do. No. But it no. looks better. Yeah. But the mouths of pistol just obliterates everybody. Yeah. So, but yeah, every single, it, every single as encounter. They in, as they say in Phoenix Knights, a Moser, it's a Moser. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> as if you just reference Phoenix Knights. Phoenix Knights. Piece of shit. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. I know. I know. Oh god. Uh, but, but yes, yeah. yes, that's that's right. <laughs> so fuck, yeah, he's got the he's fuck got, you. He's <laughs> referencing Phoenix Knights in the Western. In the Western month, I have to reference Phoenix Knights. It's only proper. <laughs> oh, my lord. <laughs> so so yeah. But the thing about the thing about silence is he's not as honourable as you think. No, he's not. He actively fucking goads. provokes people. Yeah, he goads like, people. He will goad people. He's like, he's like, I'm waiting for you to do it. He'll yeah. do anything. There's a fucking brilliant scene where he's um, he's been hired by Pauline, yeah. whose husband has been killed because he was one of the bandits. Yep. And Loco decides to just kill him instead of taking yeah. him alive, which he could have done. So she hires Silence to kill Loco. He's sat in the bar with Loco. Loco's having a poker game yeah, or something like yeah. that with all these other, other guys. And Silence... Um, he lights a cigar with a match, yeah, and just casually tosses the match into Loco's whiskey, yeah, and and he it's and, like that brief moment yeah. in when you're like, oh, you're like, oh, what's he gonna draw? do? And and draw. Loco knows this. Loco knows that he only draws in self defense. Yeah. He will only do that if he's provoked. Yeah. So I'm not going to draw. I'm not going to play his game. Yeah. Well, the, the first instance when the match goes into the glass, he kind of looks at it. He kind of looks at the corner of his eye and is, as if to yeah. say. You motherfucker! Yeah. I'm going to shoot you. But then he sort of like slowly raises the glass. Yeah, he goes to drink. He goes to drink it. Doesn't picks he? it yeah. out. Picks it out. And then chucks it on the side. Yeah. And then goes to take a drink. And then Silas throws the cigar in. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, he looks again. And he goes, yeah. son of a bitch. And that's when you go, oh shit! He knows. Yeah. He knows Silence's game immediately. Yeah. And he picks out the cigar out of the glass. And then takes a swig. Yeah. And then goes. I'm not going to draw first. Mm. And immediately, the whole thing just gets yeah. upended because Silence doesn't know Flipped. what to do. Flipped on his head. Because Silence literally has yeah. no idea what to do at that point. He just yeah. kind of goes, oh shit. Yeah. He's not an official ba- bounty hunter. There's no yeah. bounty on Loco. Yeah. So it would be an illegal act to yeah. shoot him, to kill him. So that's he, like why. tries to convince him to come outside. Yeah. And, you know, Fights him, throws him through a wall, yeah. punches him. And... And then Loco does go to draw yeah. him when his back's turned, but then the sheriff grabs him and goes, because the sheriff has um, the sheriff has a real issue with him. Here's an interesting fact: apparently, on the set, Klaus Kinski is known for not getting on with people on yeah, set. Yeah, the guy who plays Loco. Yeah, yeah, the guy who plays Loco, big German guy, these big blue eyes, um, very kind of creepy looking guy. Um, great actor though, absolutely fantastic, oh, perfect, uh, great in this role as well. Um, um, he works with. Um, Oh god, what's his name? I've forgotten his name again. It's the director. Uh, Werner Herzog. Werner Herzog, yeah. Werner Herzog. He works with him a lot. Um, there's a documentary called My Best Fiend, which is about their relationship and how they did never got on, but they created some <laughs> they created some fantastic films and fantastic work. Um and so, uh, I think there's one about one of the films they did called Fitzcarraldo, which is about mm. getting this massive boat up a hill. Oh. 